Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That it was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Bunch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and tonight I am joined by not one, not two, not three, but all four of the fellas. We are here tonight to have a blast, talk some Disney, and uh, and have a lot of fun, because I'm excited to see all your smiling faces. It doesn't happen that often. So before we get to our topic, let me go around the table, see how everyone's doing. I'm going to start with my buddy, Mr. Dan Rossi. How are you, man? Good, good. I uh, I was a little worried I wasn't going to make it tonight. I almost had to run into work, but uh, everything seemed to work out, and uh, I'm looking forward to tonight, and hopefully... Uh, you and Joe aren't fighting by the end of the night, depending on how this hockey game goes in front of us here. You said there was a hazmat situation. Are you like frozoned? Are you like, where's my hazmat suit? You know, are you like doing like that around your around your house when well, something like this happens? Jen would definitely respond uh, the way the wife responds. So no, uh, I, I'm not on the hazmat team, but uh, we did have a hazmat incident in the in the city. I think there was like an ammonia leak somewhere, so they had called in some extra guys to basically fill in some of the stations. So uh nice i uh thought i was gonna have to go but thankfully uh it was uh disaster averted what happens if your hazmat suit your white hazmat suit goes through the wash with a red baseball cap because that would be disastrous <laughs> okay like do you turn up in a pink hazmat suit to work like that's my question yeah, like, yeah. it's yeah, a fashion faux pas it. you can't do that Love it. That that's my Simpsons <laughs> reference already out of the way for the entire episode. You now can't use one, Justin. Excellent. Well, Moving on. <laughs> randomly, my printer just started printing. I'm like, I, I don't oh, even, I don't even know what you know. What it is? It printed something from noon today. Uh, maybe Good. I need to upgrade Excellent. my technology up here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, awesome. Well, Dan, I'm happy you're here. Uh, see, it does pay to be a, uh, you know, not the best employee. They don't look for you first whenever they need you the most. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. I'm going to go to Mr. Joe. How are you, man? Good, man. I'm really glad that you got to make this show tonight. I don't know if you'd be able to make it. You were uh, busy jumping on the bandwagon of the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. So, <laughs> well, You know, I mean, it's one of those things when – I mean, if you've been a fan for all of about seven hours, I don't know if you can call that bandwagoning or not. You know, I'm just excited that uh, the Canes are doing well. It's two one right now <laughs> as we watch this game. But uh, Joe, I'm not here to talk smack to you, man. I'm I'm here uh, just for some brotherly love and uh, you know some competition. Not a lot of competition because it's about to be three uh, one in the series. So moving around, here we go. Going to Mr. Mike. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to see everybody here tonight. You know, it's one of those rare occasions where we got everybody. So uh, I'm looking forward to recording everybody. Uh, my girls just got back from Disney this weekend. I had a little, uh, you know, a little jealousy that they got to experience some Disney time and I didn't. Uh, I was busy with work, but uh, they had a good time. The girls did great. They had a fantastic time. And uh, I'll chat a little bit more about uh, Laura's experience in the parks on Sunday night, which is kind of funny and uh, kind of ties into our topic tonight, too, as well. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, last but not least, of course, uh, the one, the only, the great Aussie Dave. How are you, man? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Yeah. 
No, I haven't been here for a couple of weeks now. I've been busy with work and uh, all sorts of craziness. But um, And I was feeling a, a little under the weather a couple of weeks ago, so I was sitting one or two out, but uh, excited to be back and chatting with you all. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited uh, you are here as well, buddy, because you know why? We've been holding this topic for you to be here. Uh, for, and I want to start... This episode, yeah, I want to start this episode with a story. Um, and you know, we love stories. Everything at Disney revolves around story, as it does on DDP today. So, about a week and a half ago, I get a phone call in the middle of the day, and it <laughs> comes up. And uh, whenever Dave calls, a picture of a little quokka comes on uh, my phone Good. right there. Little adorable animal. I expect nothing less. And uh, I pick it up and I go, "Hey, buddy, how are you?" And you go, "I need to talk to you because I can't talk to anyone else." <laughs> You were at Aquatica, which is my favorite water park in Central Florida. The, I love it. The the number one rated water park in the country, I'll have you know. I tell people all the time, I'm like, go to Aquatica. You don't need to go. I mean, I know we're Disney podcasts. And they're Disney Disney water parks are great. Aquatica is special. Aquatica is great. Yeah. It's, it's really Not fun. Not only because of the soft, dulcet tones that <laughs> like take you on the slides. and Let me hear um, it. Let me hear it. Go. Go, the, go. Kiora, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kiora, you call me? welcome to E whose breakaway falls the tallest, steepest multi drop slide of its kind in Orlando while riding the slide. Please. Yeah. Okay. It's the it's uh, it's, it's just fantastic. So as um as you call, you had uh, you had a situation arise. So I'm gonna let you take yeah. over the story uh, with so, what you were calling me about during the middle of the day. So this was a particular situation, and I think three of the listen, uh, three of the guys here haven't heard the full story of this yet. So um, about a week or so ago, uh, my wife went on a cruise with her girlfriends, and so I made sure I had a couple of days off work and um, was taking care of the girls, just me. It was like a three-night cruise, and um, just her and her girlfriends having a little bit of fun um, before the craziness of the summer happened, and um, so I was trying to make sure I was doing stuff with them, and we weren't just sitting at home all day, so we went to Aquatica, we, um, and so we had the opportunity to go, and we're Riding some slides and planning the splash zones and all of that. And um, there's one ride that my eldest daughter, Charlotte, um, uh, loves to ride. It's where you lie on a mat and you go zooming down a slide. It's called Tomata Racer. Anyway, um, and so uh, it's got a 42-inch height restriction. And so she's able to ride it, but my littlest isn't. And I've done it with Charlotte a number of times. And I was like, you know what? She's seven now. It's fine. It's fine. Um, and so I said, hey, take your mat, walk to the top of the slide. I'll be standing right here. Come on down. Anyway, just before she came down the slide, um, my youngest one, Victoria, looks at me and goes, I need to go potty. And I was like, thank you so much for telling me. All right, we'll go potty in just a moment. And we get down the slide um, and we're standing there and Charlotte goes, oh, can I go again? I was like, look, I'm going to that bathroom right there. Like you can see the door. Take your mat, walk straight upstairs, ride the slide one more time. When you come down, I will meet you right here. Do not move. There's a big sign that says the name of the slide. I will be standing here, and if I'm not, you stay here. And she said, awesome. So there was only two places that either of us were, either at the meeting location, bathroom, or slide. Awesome. Everything was set. So I walked to the bathroom. I take Victoria. She takes a few moments to go potty. Um, and I come out 
and I walk back over to the side and I'm looking up there and it's quite high up and um, it takes a few moments to get up there and I'm like, oh, maybe she hasn't come down yet. There might have been a few people that joined the line. Waiting. Waiting. <laughs> Waiting. And like three or four rotations of kids come through and I'm like, oh, no. Panic. Like... And like, and here's the thing is I'm a theme park employee. I have also do some contracted work for SeaWorld, um, as we just discussed, just specifically in that park. And I was like, there's people that have a process in place. There's a system for this. Don't freak out. And I went, all right, maybe she walked back over to where we put our clothes. So I went for a walk there, got to in sight of it, couldn't see her turned back around and walked back to the meeting location. Standing there, watched two or three more rotations go through, and I was like, all right, let's find a lifeguard. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, so I lost my seven-year-old daughter <laughs> in the middle of a water park. It gets better because they went, oh, you can go to this location. Awesome. I walked across there. She was sitting there, coloring. Fine. Awesome. I decided to call Justin, and I said, you know what the one cool thing about this is? Is that Melanie doesn't know. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. About two minutes later, my phone starts going off in my pocket. I, it's Melanie. I was like, oh, excellent. Pick it up. And she goes, have you got Charlotte? Where is she? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently... Charlotte is so good at being a lost child that she knows her mother's phone number by heart, is able to quote it, and called and left a voicemail saying, I'm lost at Aquatica. <laughs> so my, my, oh, I could have got out of this one, was nullified by how good my seven-year-old is at being lost in a theme park, one, in a water park. One of my favorite things about this is when you called me, I'm chatting with you, and uh, we both go well at least melanie doesn't know at like least we said she does, she's on the cruise she doesn't have a clue if you can tell her whenever you get home because charlotte will probably tell her anyways but then you deal with that yep. then and Correct. then i get a call seven minutes later and it's dave going <laughs> melanie knows and i'm like it tells me the same story um and you know it's funny too because i think we all have situations where stuff like that has happened in the parks uh -huh. or you know in certain places where we have lost things whether it be children or items and that got us to thinking about how do you handle losing certain things at Walt Disney World? So for episode 294 I today... I think there was, really quickly, there was a third phone call where I called you back and I said, or I might have sent it in a text message. Yeah, I it went, was text. Can we use this as an episode? You did, 100%. Yep. <laughs> Once I'd had like 15 minutes to stop and breathe and the panic had gone and I had them both and everybody was okay, I was like, oh, this is probably a really good learning opportunity. Okay, let's use it as an episode. <laughs> because a lot of people are not like Dave. They're not in the parks every single day. Whenever you go, it may be your only time you go once a year, twice you know, a year, or once every other year, something like that. So we want to give you some perspective on what to do in certain situations if you ever lose something or someone in a theme park. And, of course, all of us have some stories that we're going to share with you as well. Before we do that, guys, let me give you some facts about Walt Disney World. According to Disney, there are over 200-plus pairs of sunglasses turned in every single day at the Walt Disney World parks. Since Did you say 200? 200-plus, 200 yes. Only. 
Yep. Wow. Uh, I thought according it would be to, more. According to Disney, since 1971, an estimated 1.65 million pairs of lost sunglasses have been turned in at Walt Disney World uh, since opening day. 1.65 million. Um, hats. 18,000 plus hats get lost annually in the Disney parks. Uh, I actually thought that would be a little bit higher, but 18,000 yeah. plus hats. Uh, cell phones. You ready for this? We're going to talk about freaking out. I think I'd freak out more oh. than losing a kid. Cell phones. <laughs> 6,000 plus cell phones annually uh, are lost in the Disney parks. <laughs> Justin's talking to Katie, and he's like, oh, my God, I lost well, my phone. Well, like, I also can't find Riley, but my phone. <laughs> you know why we have Life360 on our phones? It's because I lose my phone a lot. And I lost it at SeaWorld, um, and I, I had, I literally grabbed Riley's phone and started running away from my own child, going after my phone. You know, <laughs> after that one, uh, six thousand uh, phones annually, seventy five hundred plus autograph books are left behind annually in the Walt Disney World theme parks, uh, and of course, many magic bands, pins, jewelry, crutches, canes, and even body parts. Uh, are turned into Walt Disney uh, artificial body parts, body, body limbs are turning into <laughs> Walt Disney World every year. Elaborate on that last one. So <laughs> legs, arms that are yeah. lost on attractions uh, as they are uh, as they are, are, are riding. What was the that number? What was the number on the prosthetics? I don't have a number on the prosthetics. Oh, okay. um, so, but they it does happen yearly that prosthetics are turned in uh, to Walt Disney World. I lost did recently. I did recently <laughs> see a guy. Um, asking about and then ultimately take off um, a prosthetic for the lower part of a leg um, to ride Tron, but he had to make sure that it, like, the leg extended past the part that locks everything in because mm-hmm. it kind of comes in at the back of the knee joint, and so it was only, like, the bottom part of his leg, um, his uh, tibula and fibula uh, region of the leg, and so he was able to ride Tron, and he was very excited that he was able to do that and take the prosthetic off because they didn't want that to drop. It's got to happen. You know, Mike, you got to think every year with the millions and millions of people that are going through Walt Disney World, pretty incredible uh, the amount of lost items that that go through those parks and through that that facility each and every year. Yeah, it it is. I'm just surprised that people lose prosthetics. I mean, to me, that's a pretty important thing to have. And you would probably (laughs) know that it's not there. I mean, that's... I don't know, unless you've got a couple of spare legs you bring with you on a vacation. or I, I don't know. That, that's, that's really weird to me. I, I, can't, I can't see that happening. All those other things, I get it. Uh, quick story. Laura actually lost her. She had $200 Ray-Ban sunglasses that she would wear all the time. And we got off of, um, I think it was Star Tours, when you had the 3D glasses. And she threw her Ray-Bans into the bin where the, where the returns go. And then, you know, we're walking through the parks. And, you know, 35, 40 minutes later, she goes to put on her sunglasses because it was sunny out. And she's wearing the Star Tours glasses, and I says, well, those aren't Ray-Bans, I can tell you that for sure, and uh, somewhere amongst the pile of the 3D Star Wars glasses was Laura's Ray-Ban, so someone's going to get on the ride sooner or later and get a nice pair of sunglasses. Um, It's really interesting, too, because I don't think people realize, because you don't get to see uh, the people working behind the scenes, the cast members working behind the scenes at the Lost and Found Center there at Walt Disney World, but they, on average take in and process four to 500 items every single day, um, these amazing cast members. And, Dan, have you ever lost anything in the parks and had to deal with the lost and found situation there at Walt Disney World? 
you know, I was trying to think back. There was only one time we ever lost anything, and I think it was probably back in like 2017 or something like that. And one of my boys uh, lost their magic band. I think it was our first day in the parks. Uh, we just got there. I think Owen just got a brand new like Boba Fett uh, magic band. We went to Epcot for the day, walked around, went to dinner, and then we were walking like back towards the resort. And he looked down on his arm and he's like, hey, my magic band's gone. Uh, you know, so we went through the whole process, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But we went, you know, went to guest services, uh, you know, you know, filled out the, the paperwork we had to fill out. Unfortunately, he never, re- you know, received it back. But, you know, we, we, we were at least able to deactivate that magic band so it couldn't be used. And, uh, you know, thankfully, that's the only thing we've ever lost. Well, that leads me perfectly, Joe, into the next our first thing we're going to talk about. And that is magic bands. Um, you know, it's changed over the years now that you can use your My Disney Experience, you can use your phone, you can use your Apple Watch. Um, but I know personally, I still enjoy wearing a magic band. I think you do as well whenever you go to the parks. And it is such a vital piece for uh, a Disney guest for their day because especially people that are newer to the parks, that is kind of their ticket to everything, ticket to enter the parks, to get into their room, to make charges back you know, to, to their rooms for uh, food or for souvenirs, things like that. And magic bands are the first thing we're going to chat about because it is so important if you lose that to really take the necessary steps, kind of as Dan kind of alluded to, to make sure that you are, one, have a good chance of getting that back, but two, uh, that no one else will be able to use it in the future. And I'm really surprised that I haven't lost my magic band or any of my magic bands over the years that it's actually hasn't fallen off my wrist, you know, because they're really just like kind of clamped on by, Mm -hmm. you know, but I will say this, um, Jen and I were gifted some very nice Dooney and Burke DVC magic bands by the amazing staff at Saratoga Springs. And I had a bunch of the DVC sliders on there. And we all know how much those are hard to get. And the uh, annual pass holder sliders. And of course, you know, Jen, my wife has it for about like a month and loses it in the Magic Kingdom parking lot. And uh, so I was, put it this way, I was very not happy when she lost it because it was a really nice magic band. Plus I said it has all your information on it and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised I haven't lost it, but yeah, it took her a month to lose a brand new Magic Band, so not too happy about that. Well, it's one of those things too, Joe, where it's like you have to, and Dan alluded to it, if you lose your Magic Band, a couple things you need to instantly do. You instantly need to go onto your My Disney Experience and deactivate your Magic Band. Um, why do that? Yes, you do have a pin, but just for safety's sake, it's best to go ahead and deactivate that Magic Band and go ahead and make sure that you are, it is, it is, you know, not going to be able to use anywhere else. Um, number two, if you've lost it within 30 minutes, make sure to check around the area. And uh, then, of course, go to guest services to Lost and Found there. But, Joe, one of the coolest things for me, and I think we see it, and we'll talk about this. It kind of alludes to most things through here. One of the coolest things is, especially with magic bands, Katie lost her magic band one time. Because Disney can process that magic band and they can see who it belongs to, most of the time you may not hear that they have found it but it will just show up magically at your home in the mail. See, I did not know about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It never made it out of the Magic Kingdom parking lot, Jen's Magic Band. But for those who have actually experienced that, that's actually really cool. I mean, actually to return to sender that the that the Disney company actually takes the time to scan your band and actually put it in the mail and pay to ship it. That's actually uh, that's actually pretty cool they do that. Most companies I don't think would do that. Yep. Uh, Katie all and all of a sudden, about three weeks later, it just showed up in 
in the mail. And it's one of those things. It was also a DVC band, and was I was kind of bummed she had lost it. Um, but it showed up just at our house, ready to rock and roll. Got some Disney mail magic, which is really, really cool. Mike, have you ever lost a magic band? I, 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 let me tell you, I almost, I almost had a freak out over a magic band. You remember this. Mm-hmm. So first DDP trip we ever did. It was right before we went on the cruise. Um, we were down at Walt Disney World, and Mike was – everyone was staying at Bay Lake Tower except for the suitors. Suitors are staying, I think – Somewhere else. I don't even remember where we Boardwalk started. or something, I think. Boardwalk. That's exactly where we were at Boardwalk. So I wanted to be with the group. So Mike said, I'll give you a magic band so you can scan in and out. You can come over and swim and do all that. So Mike gives me his, and you can't, you can't even get this magic band nope. anymore, the, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Redhead. Right? Mm-hmm. I had it for about two days and thought I lost it. <laughs> and I was freaking out out that Mike was going to be mad at me <laughs> because I lost his magic band. Mike, you ever lost a magic band in the parks? No, I was going to say I almost had one of my friends lose one, but no, I did not lose one. <laughs> all, all my magic bands are accounted for. All of the girls are good with those. Um, no, I, I'm thankfully they're all set. They're all where they're supposed to be. None of them have been lost, so I haven't had that experience with that, thankfully. So uh, all, all ours are good and accounted for. Uh, Dave, you, you deal with this a lot. I'm sure you will find magic bands from time to time. Um, like I've said, some of the most important things to do, deactivate your magic band and then check with lost and found. If it's lost within 30 minutes, make sure to check that area right around where you lost it. Um, sometimes you will actually see cast members custodial. They will actually put the magic band on top of a trash can or on top of an area right there, uh, where it's highly visible in the area you lost it. And then they will come back through if it's still there and take it to lost and found after about a half hour. Um, but Dave, this, I think magic bands for me are probably the thing I find the most laying around the parks. Yeah, we definitely, are, uh, find a lot of them. Um, yeah, you're 100% right on the trash can. If I am walking through a park and I find one, I will put it on top of a trash can for two reasons. One, if it has recently been lost and somebody is like, oh, I wonder where, my tra- where it is and is backtracking their steps, we put it on top of a trash can so that you can see it very clearly rather than putting it in the trash can. And then uh, <laughs> I also don't have time. Yeah. And then I don't have time to do the paperwork uh, to process the lost and found item. Um, But our custodial team do an amazing job of that. And so I put it there so the next custodial person coming to that area is going to see it very clearly right there on top of a trash can. So uh, that's our process for that. Um, And the custodial team will take care of that. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say... I, no, I, I was going to say, has, has that, have any of you worn a Magic Band Plus yet, or no? I have. Uh, Riley has. Riley has a Magic Band Plus, yes. I have a lot of kids I, and families on tour that have it. I think that that one is going to be lost more. It seems like it's easier to fall off your hand. At least that's it's, my it's experience. It's heavier. Yeah. Like yeah. I, it's fallen off of my hand a couple of different times when I was there in December and January. Thankfully, I didn't lose it, but... Yeah, we have seen that maybe a little bit. So, um, but yeah, um, that's why we get those cool sliders to keep your magic bands in place. Particularly if you can get a cool DVC one or something, um, make sure you're utilizing them so that it stays where it's meant to be. Well, so and actually, so here's a little tip: if you're going to the parks with maybe you have a younger kid, maybe they're you know three, four years old, and you want them to wear their magic band because now they are using it to get into the parks and to do Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes, you can actually go on eBay. And you can order something that you will find only on Disney Cruise Line, and that is the latches 
that go on the magic bands. Um, plastic latches, you can put them on and they will actually, you have to cut them off so you can wait until the very, very end to be able to, of your trip, to be able to take that off and your, your child will wear their magic band the entire time. Also, we're going to get to this later, your child wearing a magic band can really have a benefit, uh, especially if they are younger, uh, if, if something happens in the park. So magic bands are, are huge. It's a big part of your vacation. If you lose them, make sure to deactivate. Make sure to check your area. If it's outside of 30 minutes, check with Lost and Found. Um, you can actually go online and fill out a form as well. Let's move on to the next thing. This is the biggest, I think, the biggest thing we can all talk about. I have stories with this, which we're going to get into before we close the show, and that is personal items. And these are personal items that you have left in the parks, not on attractions. So these are personal items that you have left, whether watching fireworks or at a restaurant. And what do you do if you have left them there? Dave, it's one of those things where uh, we all at times get a little bit, even if you're used to being in the parks all the time, get a little bit caught up. And you might leave something sitting somewhere and go back and it is not there. Disney has made it very, very easy to get online and fill out a uh, form for what you're looking for. Yeah, there's um, a couple of different processes with this, but um, it's um, definitely uh, improved over time on how to do it. And technology being our friend, there is now an entire part of uh, the My Disney Experience app where you can simply type in the word lost. It'll take you to the lost property bit, fill in uh, what it is, um, give as much information as possible, what item was lost, description, where you were when you last had it, what ride you were on, what row you were sitting in, any of that relevant information. Um, And then... um, and then fill that that out. Uh, if you are staying at a Disney resort, it will appear at your resort and mm-hmm. in your resort room in the next couple of days. Or, as we just chatted about, it might magically make its way back to your home uh, once they cross-reference it. That process usually takes one to two days by the time it gets out of the park to Central uh, Lost and Found and then gets cross-referenced, um, the description of it with uh, the description that you gave. Um that's why it's really important to put like a brand name if there is something of it um, there. And so, um, and I think one of the biggest places we lose them is of course on rides. Has anybody ever lost something on a ride? I feel like yes. Not, in, not in Disney. I lost my wallet on Men in Black at Universal. Oh, the yeah. aliens got it. Hmm. Joe? Yeah, I've lost, uh, I lost my, uh, my, katana flip phone <laughs> so dating myself a little bit there and i've lost many okay so what happened in the 70s tell us about it um. <laughs> i know right and i've lost you know i've lost many pairs of prescription sunglasses luckily though um i've recovered all of them with the help of cast members uh usually nice. they're, they're really good about it uh but i was lucky dave i actually realized it very quickly afterwards and i've kind of in the use of now patting myself down every time i get off a ride now i'm like like, okay, glasses, phones. Like, I kind of always make sure I have everything on me now, so I'm in kind of a good... And Mike would know this. It's kind of like in our industry, kind of always making sure you got everything on you. So, um, but yeah, hey. I was pretty lucky. But yeah, the cast members actually were really good. Um, I really think that is very underrated how much that if you do go to them and you are in a panic, they will, like, calm you down and they'll say, okay, where were you at? How long did you get off, you know, of, of the ride and, and all that kind of good stuff. So, I mean, it's no help you get it back, yeah. so... There's really two processes um, for losing something on a ride. Um, first is if you've if it's happened immediately, like I'm talking somewhere in the last six minutes, um, 
if you have lost something and you realize that you've left something on a ride, um, your immediate instinct is to try to run back onto the ride. Um, a big important one is if you have left like the ride area, what we call the unload platform, think uh, Seven Dwarves Mine Train. If you have walked through those swinging doors, please don't go walking back through those swinging doors. Um, it's actually a safety hazard where as soon as somebody opens one of those doors and tries to go the opposite direction, uh, all cast members start pressing big red buttons. So, and it shuts everything down and it's not pretty. So please don't go trying to run back to the ride if you have exited. Just tell a cast member. Um, I've even seen it happen many times where, um, let's use that same attraction. If you've literally just got off and the, um, the ride vehicle, like the mine train has moved into what we call the load area, um, they'll literally be like, hey, somebody check row eight. And they go, they check row eight, pull it out and walk it straight to you. It's a very good process um, if it has just happened. If it's been more than potentially about half an hour or so, uh, it may mean that it has left that vicinity because they regularly do pickups and deliver it to the front of the park. Um, but just go to the front of the attraction and be like, hey, I was here 25 minutes ago. I rode this ride and I left my hat in the pocket on the ride or something. And they may have it there or they may have already moved it on. Um, but they'll be in touch and they'll be able to let you know um, what's the quickest way for you to get your item back. 100% nope, you absolutely nailed it. Um, it is one of those things, too, where we see the dumb videos online of people jumping out of attractions. Perfect one that was one not too long ago of, of somebody jumping off of Big Thunder Mountain because they dropped their cell phone trying to take a video or a picture. And I, one, one, it's... It's not safe. I mean, let's just talk about no matter how slow you're going, it's not safe. Two, you are shutting down an attraction for an hour. Would you say, Dave? I mean, you are shutting it down. Minimum. Yeah. Three, the odds of you getting that, uh, that item back right away is slim to none. And four, why would you want to risk never being able to return to a Disney park again? Go through the right channels of finding what you need by, by going to the cast members. Be patient understand what's there you, you can i tell you joe there's one attraction that scares me i want to get at this from all you guys i want you to tell me the one attraction you get in where you're double and triple checking your pockets even during the ride to make sure your keys are still there mine is dinosaur like i get in especially if i'm sitting on the edge and i'm like holding my keys like to make sure they're not flinging out of my pocket or anything like that no, it's definitely a great. For me, it's actually rock and roller coaster because even though they provide that pouch for you in the in your car that you're sitting in, I'm still wondering is it really going to fall out? And I find myself having my <laughs> hand on that pouch because you're going to hit you know the inversion right in the beginning of the ride. I'm like, I just do not want to lose anything in this attraction. So for me, that is my ride that I'm always holding the pouches. Is rock and roller coaster. Do you guys use the pouches on the attractions? I do. I do for a I hat do. or something. It depends for a hat. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, for me, it would. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to put my hand down in there. I just. I get grody feelings. I don't know. That's a lot of people putting <laughs> so random stuff in there throughout the and day. Just that. I'm, so, I'm so pulling the arm restraints down. Aren't. Oh, I don't want. I don't even use. I don't want to use those. You know me. I don't like. I don't like anything over my shoulders. It's no good. So, if you do lose something on a ride, let's say like your hat flies off during the ride, or you know you're an idiot and you're trying to take a picture or video, and your phone flies out of your hand. What is the process? Like, do you, will will you get your phone back by the end of the evening or the next day? Like, how does that work? 
Um, they won't actually shut down the ride for your phone. Um, sure. They will. Um, they will for emergency. Um, uh, I've seen them. I was in Space Mountain once when somebody lost a a um, a fanny pack that had their diabetic medication in it. Or something like right. that. That becomes like that. That becomes a major issue. Um, but your cell phone, um, they'll probably find it uh, when they do a sweep uh, late that afternoon, evening, um, when they shut down the ride for the day. Um, at that point, it will be immediately delivered to the front of the park. Uh, overnight, it gets transported to Central Lost and Found um, and gets sorted. And um, which and. If you are out of the parks and you are looking for something, your first step is to touch touch base with your uh, front desk concierge team at your resort, or you can even go to the central lost and found um, location for guests, uh, which is located at Disney Springs. Um, and so you will get it back um, probably somewhere in the next 24 hours. Um, but... Lodge the information on your friend's phone because you can't put it through on your phone because that's the one currently at the bottom. That of is the such ride. a lonely. Um. That is such a lonely <laughs> feeling too when you realize you've lost your phone. All right, so uh, we were in Sam's not too long ago. You know the the wholesale mm-hmm. Sam's Club. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Yep. So we were in Sam's and I was looking at a because look, I'm a baller man. I like that high that high dollar clothing. So I was looking at a new pair of pants right there at Sam's Club. Ooh. And look, I, I buy a lot of clothes at Sam's Costco. Um, so I guess I put my phone down, and, and then I walked away, and then I realized how I got up front because Sam's does the checkout through your phone. I didn't have my phone. So once again, I used my daughter's phone to track my phone, and I could see it moving through the store, and I'm yelling at Katie. I'm like, Run! Run! They're they're leaving with it. They're leaving with you know, and I'm running through Sam's after who I think is stealing my phone when actually it was just somebody working there taking it to Lost and Found up front. Um, but I was losing my mind. So I can understand why some of these people have a short lapse of judgment with their phone. Um, but please don't jump off an attraction, okay? Please don't. DDP today wholeheartedly does not condone jumping off attractions to get your phone if you have dropped it uh, where it's there. Um, guys, let's get into the, let's get into the reason we got into this show. You know, Mike, you raised two amazing kids. You know, uh, two amazing girls. I'm sure at some point you have lost one of them. Dan, you have three boys. They stay lost most of the time. Um, Dave has you know now lost a child, and uh, I have misplaced Riley before as well. Um, I think it's something every parent goes through. So I want to do this in two different ways. Joe, I'm going to start with you because the first way I want to go with this is what do we do at Walt Disney World if we find a child? Um, so this can be a very scary situation for not only the kid but also for a guest. So I have found a child before, Katie and I, at Walt Disney World who was lost. Riley. <laughs> was, was, oh, right. Sorry. That's where we got her, okay? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> don't, let's Imagine. not joke about that. Yeah, let's, let's be clear that is not how. <laughs> Kid looks just like me, unfortunately, so I, I, I can't say anything. She's mine. Um, you know, it's, it can be a very scary situation for the child, but also, you know, f- even for adults, whenever you're trying to help the situation, um, the first step is, you know, of course, to calm the child, but number two is to immediately 
immediately find the closest cast member to you. Yeah, you just took away my answer. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would also listen if it, if it's a, if it's a little person, right? Listen, I'm not a parent, right? But I've seen a lot of people lose kids. They kind of like get down to their level. Talk to them. Hi, you know, is your mommy and daddy around? You know, like maybe they'll point. Maybe somebody. Maybe they just kind of scurried away. You know, kind of just got away a little bit. They, the parents might be like close by. If they say no, they start crying. You know, then you have like your wife or somebody in your party member just go and find a a cast member immediately because listen, in today's day and age, you can't be too careful. You know, you just want to get that that official Disney employee, that cast member there. They'll know what to do. I'm sure Dave has gone through training, uh, you know, with what to do when to come across lost children. So I'm sure there's codes and everything else that they use. So yeah, that's what you definitely want to do. But it sounds kind of funny, but like get down to their level. The parents actually may be around. <laughs> so just like, is your mommy or daddy around? You know, and yeah. uh, you know, kind of talk to them, to little people. Yeah, they, they that that's right. Um, uh, it, it's one of those. It is a scary moment, and it's an emotional moment, and. Here's the thing, with the amount that it happens in Disney World, 98% of the time, the parent is within close range of the child. Very rarely do you wind up at the other end of a theme park and then realize you don't have your child, okay? I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It could be a long day in Epcot, man, right? has, has happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, that said, I've encountered a child quite a distance from uh, their parent. Um, one of my favorite, well, no, that's not a good word to use. Uh, one of my <laughs> most significant memories of this um, is I was walking into roller coaster courtyard and I'm pushing a stroller um, for the family that, are, uh, that I have on tour and I'm chatting to the dad uh, as we're walking in and we're talking about where we're going next or maybe lunch or something like that and I looked at him and I said, hey, I need you to take your stroller and I need you to stand over there near that merchandise cart. I'm not sure how long this will take but I will be back to you in a moment. This, it is one of the few reasons I will stop a tour. Like, we're not going to charge you while on tour um, If uh, while we sort out that situation. That becomes, like, one of our highest priorities right there in that moment is uh, to fix that situation. So, um, so yeah, we'll approach the child. Um, we'll get down on their level. Um, there are a couple of things that we, we do, and if ever you see it happening, you'll and once I've said these out loud, you'll be fascinated by them. Um, we don't pick them up. And we don't walk them around. Like, we try to keep them near where we found them. Um, because, as I just said, their parent is probably nearby. Uh, and then we start distracting them. It's really fun, actually, um, to think about it from this point of view. Is because they're emotional, they're upset, and I'll be like... Uh, and I'll start talking about how my name is Dave, and I'm from Australia, and I sound like Bluey's dad. And I'll start talking about things about me, because the minute I start talking about that for the next ten seconds, they start to breathe and they're listening to me. And then they'll, and then I'm about to ask them about them. But I want to tell them who I am first. So my name is Dave, and I work here at Disney. I get to work here in the uh, in the Disney theme parks, um, and um, and I'm from Australia. Where are you from? Excellent. And what's your name? And we're starting to establish some of the, that conversation um, because somewhere in the next 90 seconds, I'm building the information about that child that if I haven't located their parent, I'm about to start having to reach out to members of the attraction that I'm closest to, the custodial team, the leadership teams in the area, and start figuring out where their parents are. 
um, and I want to know their name, how old they are, where they're from, um, what their mum's name is, do they know their mum's phone number? I have a company cell phone on me right there in that moment, and I have called parents' cell phones. Uh, one of my favourite stories about this is I had a kid in Magic Kingdom one time who um, I encountered and I was like, hi, we don't know where mum is and we're chatting for a few moments. And I was like, do you know how to contact mum? Does she have a phone number? And the kid reaches down and pulls his shoe off. Oh, smart. I went, oh, uh, okay. And he reaches in his shoe and he pulls out a business card. <laughs> smart. And I went, is that your, is that your mum's card? And he goes, yep. I went, hi, I've got your son. <laughs> like, and she's like, excellent, amazing. I was like, yep. Um, and so then we contact them. Um, one of the longest versions of this is I've had a kid in with me for nearly 10 minutes. Um, I encountered them in Liberty Square and they thought mum and dad were walking through Frontierland and mum and dad had stopped and by the time we found them, we'd actually started moving the kid and uh, the child had told me about uh, that they were eating at a restaurant and I was like, oh, okay, there's a restaurant just over there and pointed out Columbia Harbour House and they were like, nope, not that one. And I went, oh, then it must be Liberty Tree. We're right there on the corner near the marketplace um, uh, in Liberty Square and I was like, then it must be Liberty Tree and we start walking there and they're like, no, it's not this one. And I was like, what sort of restaurant was it? And they went, we had tacos. Oh, my goodness. Like, you were at Pecos Bills. He walked. He was all the way in, in Liberty Square. He'd walked the length of Frontierland and most of Liberty Square, two lands of Magic Kingdom, before we figured out where he was meant to be. We went walking back down, and, Mom, I'm walking that direction, and a cast member looks at me and goes, is that Mark, age seven? And I was like, I've got Mark. And they were like, Liberty, uh, Pecos Bills, and I'm like, already on my way. Yep. Um, like, I don't want to know what the kid's name was, but yes. Um, but yeah, there's just this moment where, like, we were, they were already looking for this child in Frontierland, and I'd found them all the way up in Liberty. Like, it was crazy. So, um, and then mum is melting down, and it's an emotional moment. And as the, as one of the four, dads that has that has kids on this episode and no disrespect joe but in that moment it is scary isn't it guys mm -hmm. like it's it's the worst it's the worst and your immediate gut reaction is that you want to get upset with the kid and as cast members the first thing we do is tell that parent that that child did everything right they found a cast member who helped them because if they get in trouble in that moment, the next time it happens, we want them to find a cast member again. And it's going to happen again. So we want them to find the person that's going to help them, not be, oh, I shouldn't talk to that person with a name tag because last time I spoke to that person with a name tag, I got in trouble. So we actually say, and I will say, I understand how like, scary this is. I need you to breathe for a moment. He did everything right. He found me, and we've been able to get you back. All right? And they go, right. I'm like, yep, he did the right thing. 
And so it's, uh, Joe mentioned some of that training. And so we talk about all of this thing as cast members. We go through training on how to handle this moment um, so that in that moment we can set ourselves up for success next time. I, th- it's scary. Well, this is, this is why I want to do this show because I'm, I mean, I'm learning things. Because the time we found the child, I told him, I was like, let's both run and scream at the top of our lungs. <laughs> Correct. And maybe we'll this is create enough attraction that your, your parents will find us. So we just... Ran through the Magic Kingdom, screaming at the top of our lungs, hoping that we could find him. Um, oh, to wrap up, to wrap up another story really quick that I started um, when I was walking into Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, I saw that uh, I had seen this woman like about to enter like nuclear meltdown mode. Like she was panicking and rushing, and it's one of those things where we don't see people rushing very often in the Disney parks. And if we do, we'll be like, Hey, no running in the park or something like that. This woman was like in full frantic mode. And that's why I was like, dad, go and stand over there for a second. I need to fix this. And I walked up to her and I was like, ma'am, breathe. When was the last time you saw your child? And she was like, I, like three minutes ago. And like, and I was like, do you have a, f-? and she starts trying to give me a description. And she's like, she's in a pink shirt. And she, I was like, did you take a photo with her today on your phone? Show me a photo. And they go, oh, yeah, of course we did. Because what's the one thing we do when we get to a Disney park? We take a photo of the kid in the Disney park with what they're wearing today. And people don't think of this. Like, they're trying to give us a description. No, you took a photo somewhere in the last hour of that kid eating a Mickey bar. Show me that photo. That's what I want. Because that's what they're wearing in that moment. So, um so yeah, so and I remember getting back to uh, restart the tour of a couple of moments later, two minutes later, and the dad was like, "I didn't even see that going on." I'm like, "No, but if you were in your workplace and something looks out of place, that's what you notice. Is that's weird? When I see a person rushing in a theme park, I go, "Oh, that's you're really like they've ever lost a child or Justin there. has to poop." Correct, because <laughs> we've seen that as well. But yeah, uh, Mike, you know what's cool, and you can you can attest to this. Back when your girls were younger, something Disney did was um, actually do temporary tattoos. Mm-hmm. You get out a uh, your your phone number or uh, something like that. I was going to mention what Dave said about you know making sure you take a picture of your kid uh, going into the park. Uh, Laura ran into that situation when we were on Splash Mountain. Laura's neck was bothering her; she didn't feel like going on Splash and um, and. Be Laura and uh, me, Sarah and Sammy were on the ride, and Laura was down waiting for us. And there was a panicked mom who couldn't find her kid, and you know she's trying to give a description to the, to the people that are there, and she's kind of you know in a frantic state. And Laura says, "Well, did you take a picture of it today? You know what? what you know, do you have a picture of her on your phone?" And she didn't even think of that, and then she opened it up, and then boom, they were able to figure it out. And then within two minutes later, they were able to find the kid. So, um, so yeah, definitely you know make sure if you're traveling with little ones, make sure you get that picture of them because when you're in a panic state, you're not going to remember all of those little details. You know when you're in, you're in that mindset where you're so frightful. You forget what your kid's wearing. You forget what, what they have on that day or what their hair color is. Just human nature to be in that panic mode and forget those little details. So, you know, definitely uh, make sure you – because obviously, hopefully, you don't even lose your phone and your kid. As long as you have your phone with you, you should be able to show some pictures and uh, <laughs> help us out with uh, – you know, help, help the cast members out with finding the kid. Joe, it's pretty amazing too, man, that we think about as much time as we spend in the parks, you never hear them come over the loudspeaker and announce – that someone's child has been found or a name or, you know, like, here's the thing. (laughs) Did you guys ever do this, Joe? I could see like, you know, I mean, it is pouring the rain here. I don't know if, I don't know if everyone listening can hear the thunder, uh, but it is absolutely storming like crazy here. Um, 
But Joe, when I was younger, my mom used to take, we used to go to these things called malls. I know for you younger listeners, you don't know what those are. Um, but malls. And there was a place where there was lots of stores and she would shop for hours and hours and hours. Well, I would get bored. So, Joe, what I would do is I would go and I would get inside. You know, there's like a circular rack where they would hang the dresses. And I would get inside the rack and hide until <laughs> I would hear her panic level reach just the right level. And then I'd pop out and go, ha, ha, I'm here. Ah, made you love me again. Um, and it was great. Joe, you never hear anyone ever at Walt Disney World announce there's a lost child or can so-and-so please come to guest services. It's pretty amazing how structured it is in the way they handle that situation. It's a it's preparation, right? I mean, if you prepare for something, it, and I'm sure Dave has hundreds of stories he could talk about, probably some he can't talk about on here, right? But how this probably happens dozens of times a day. I wouldn't be surprised, at, combined to all the theme parks, this happens like a dozen times a day, if not more. It's just being prepared. More. It, 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 yeah, right. It's, I'm, I'm 100% right. And it's like you're probably prepared. They know what to do. I'm sure it's just stressed by management. I'm sure there's refresher trainings about it. And that's why they're, they're and honestly, like the, the parks are so full of cast members. It's like, it's not about like you're the only cast member within like a 500 yard radius. There's teams of people everywhere. So, I mean, that's, that's why if you're prepared, you know how to handle things, there's no need to panic. Dan, three boys. Go ahead. Oh. Do it, Dave. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, on that point. Also, the the terminology of that, um, it, it's such a scary thing. And yes, if you really talked about it, and I mean, I'm, I'm guessing I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't get the opportunity to see these numbers. But in my experience and from the small amount that I see, uh, more than a dozen a day. I would say this happens 20 plus times a day, um, at least, where across all four theme parks, definitely. Um and as I said, most of the time, 99% of the time, it's solved almost immediately, somewhere within five minutes or so. Very rarely does it ever turn into something even as epic as being two lands away. Um, that, that was the unusual moment. That's what sticks out to me. Um, uh, and that's only one moment that I've been involved in ever that was that, that big and wide-ranging. But, I mean... We have processes in place where, yeah, if we think it's something scarier, like we can either monitor the front gate and um, put out a description and keep an eye on that, or we can shut down that front gate if we think it's uh, scary enough. Like, you've got to think that Disney has all of these processes in place. So um, if, if there was ever a reason... Uh, that warranted it. I'm sure they have uh, all of those processes already taken care of. And as Joe said, they're prepared for it. But um, th yeah, it's all about the training and all about making sure everybody knows what's going can you, on. Can you imagine how scared a child would be if Dave was the one that found him? That child would be like, I am really lost. I'm on a different continent. Like I am like, <laughs> I am really out of place right now. Um, Either that or really lucky. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Super uh, lucky. Last but They're like, oh my goodness, you're, Diz you're Aussie Day. Um, last but not least. I hear you in the car. Dan, Dan, <laughs> last but not least, Dan, uh, I want to talk about something. This is going to sound silly to everyone listening to this right now, but this does happen. And it happens actually more often than any of the previous things we've talked about. And that is something you and I deal with probably more than any of these other. Maybe Dave is in there because people are asking questions as he's walking through the parks. And that is, what happens if you get lost in Disney parks? 
There are people who travel to Walt Disney World. It is their first time. They do not know the parks. And they get into places where they have a Genie Plus reservation or a dining reservation. And the cool part is Disney now with technology we have has given us so much for people who are not familiar with the parks to be able to find their way to where they need to be. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you said that because Jen, actually, we were talking about this uh, before the show tonight when I told her what we were going to talk about. And she says, well, I get lost all the time because you usually take off and I don't know where you are. So, like, you know, she's just kind of walking around with the boys trying to figure out where the heck I am. I mean, the good thing, though, like if you are a Disney newbie, if you're using the Disney app, they actually have directions where you can, you know, try to, you know, go from one place to another. So, I mean, it's I think it's hard for adults to get lost in the park, but I think it's probably pretty easy for them to get separated. Uh, Mike, what do you think is the hardest park to navigate for a Disney? I, I know the answer to this for me. The hardest park to navigate for someone new to Disney? Maybe Animal Kingdom, yes, I think. Yes, 100%. I don't know. It could, yeah, it could be a little confusing with some of the lands there. Um, I will tell you this. Quick, quick, within the last 24 hours, probably, I'd say, a Sunday night, uh, Sammy got, to, with the cheer competition, they had an after party at Hollywood Studios on Sunday night. So the parks, I think, closed at like 9 o'clock. And then they had the cheerleaders and all the cheer families got to go to the park. Hollywood Studios from 9 o'clock to 1 a.m. It was for the cheer people only. One of those kind of special things, right? So Sammy went into the park with all of her friends because the cheer team was there. So Laura and Sarah went to Hollywood Studios. They walk into the park. Now, we've been doing this how long, how many years? I mean, you know, we're a Disney family. I, I can't even begin to count the amount of times we've been there or actually, you know, crossed the threshold and walked into those gates, right? Laura walks in with Sarah and she says to Sarah, I want to go to, you know, Slinky Dog. We'll go there first. And they had no idea where to go. She says, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where Toy Story Land is. I don't know where I'm. I'm completely turned around. She says, I always follow Mike whenever we go into the parks because I never, you know, I never walked around here by myself. So she had to ask directions to get to Toy Story Land. And then they wanted to go to uh, Star Tours or head over to Galaxy's Edge. And they were just got off Slinky Dog and they had no idea where to go to Galaxy's Edge. So uh, I don't feel bad because even my wife who's been there a million times plus uh, had no idea where she was going inside Hollywood Studios. But uh, I like getting back to what you said. I think Animal Kingdom is probably the hardest one to navigate. Dave, I will tell you this. Katie gets lost in Animal. If I'm not there to direct her, Katie gets lost in Animal Kingdom every time we're there. Uh, I understand that. I, I understand Mike's point. Um, I think I think studios can be quite confusing to a lot of guests. Like studio, like at least Animal Kingdom is still kind of a little bit hub and spokish. Yeah. Like the Tree of Life and Discovery Island right there in the center. And you kind of go to either Africa, Pandora, um, Asia, Dinoland, USA. Um, like it's still got a little bit of the hub and spoke vibe. Getting around studios, you're like, you can be at Star Tours and be like, how do I get to Slinky Dog? And you're like, you can either cut all the way across the front of the um, Grauman's Chinese Theatre, do a big U-turn behind it, and then walk into Toy Story Land uh, if you make a right. Or you can go through Galaxy's Edge, kind of keep turning yeah. right, <laughs> question mark. Yeah. Like, it's really, like, directions are not as clear-cut in that park. So I kind of also understand Laura's challenge there. I'm not I'm not hating on her for that. I get it. Um, 
Yeah, getting to Slinky Dog can like seem a little daunting if like like the directions aren't as clear. At least when you're in Pandora and you're headed to Everest, you're like, yeah, head out of Pandora back to the Tree of Life and then follow the signs to Asia. And you're at least walking in the that's right direction. That's a good direction. weenie, though. That's the, that's a good thing. It's a weenie because you don't get a lot of weenies in Hollywood Studios or entire terror. But the weenies in Animal Kingdom, there's a big weenie in Animal Kingdom with Everest, so that makes it easier. No, they hide it. They it's hidden behind trees. No, no, no. no, no. I understand, but once you turn the corner, the weenie's um, huge. So. It is It is right, right. there. Um, for those of you playing uh, DDP today, bingo, uh, there's your mention of the word weenie to upset that. <laughs> Excellent. There's been a Simpsons <laughs> reference. Somebody out there just got DDP today, bingo, with the weenie reference. Um, yeah. Well, I tell you what, it, it's it's fun. I want to I close this episode with some personal stories of things we've lost in the parks. Um, and I'm going to start with one of mine. Um, because there's been two, and but I'm gonna start with the one that I remember the most. It was a childhood memory for me. I was, it was probably 1988, 1989, somewhere in that span, and uh, I was a child with my family at Epcot, and we were having an amazing day. It was my myself, my mom, my Mimi, um, who is was one of my grandmothers, and my Nana, who was my other grandmother. And I will never forget we had a wheelchair that we had rented for the day, and it wasn't ECV. It was a you know a good old wheelchair you push. Um, so that way my grandmothers could take turns kind of resting and we could still keep up pace because my mom was one of those people that she was like, we're going to do everything before three o'clock because we're going to get a place to watch fireworks at three fifteen. Um, like she's like, we're going <laughs> to like, we're going to have the best place ever. And we would sit forever and, you know, <laughs> that just gave me like so much angst. I'll never forget just that sitting waiting for fireworks at Epcot in the Mexican pavilion. And we waited two and a half hours. So we would have the perfect spot for fireworks. And I just, as a child was like, this is horrible. That's one reason I probably, I hated Epcot. <laughs> so we all get to Epcot and I'll never forget. My mom said, uh, Hey, we're going to go ride something or do something. Justin and I, and, um, what do you all want to sit here? And, and my, both my grandparents, my grandma said, well, we want to go to this place. And my mom said, well, meet us in Italy at this time at like four o'clock. Now you have to understand in the 1980s, there was no cell phones. You know, if there were, they were, we didn't have one. Um, so it was no form of communication, anything like that. So you would set a place at a time and you would go and you would meet up with people. So we go to Italy at four o'clock and we have me and my mom in this empty wheelchair because they didn't want to keep the wheelchair with them. And Nana and Mimi are no, not there. And so we wait, and finally we start walking World Showcase, and we make one lap around World Showcase, and we make a second lap around World Showcase, and finally I'm a I'm a little guy. Mom says, "Get in the wheelchair, I'll push you." So she's pushing me now as we make a third lap around World Showcase, looking for these two elderly women there in Epcot. Now there's a silver alert in Epcot, and we cannot find my Mimi or my Nana anywhere. Five and a half hours later, we finally found them in France. And we walk up, and they had been sitting there all day, and they go, you told us France. And my mom goes, no, I said Italy. And now they get into this huge argument in the middle of Epcot about whether it was Italy or France as uh, Mimi and Nana were finally found in Epcot. So I don't know how many... Nanas and Mimis are lost every year in the Disney parks, but there was at least two of them lost in about 1989. So uh, that's one of the things I have lost in Walt Disney World. Mike, coming to you, man. 
I lost. Uh, I haven't lost the kids. I, I've been pretty good with not losing people. Uh, we, we've been good on that front. Um, I did lose a digital camera. Talking back, you know, back in the day, I had one of those small little like blue digital cameras where you would flip the screen around, and you could take the picture, and you'd see the picture on there. And you would take the card out and put it in your computer. So I think we were over at uh, at, at Magic Kingdom, and there's that one meeting area where Buzz Lightyear was, where you would go over and meet Buzz. Uh, it's still over there, kind of by between uh, Carousel of Progress and uh, the Buzz Lightyear year ride um, and I was taking a picture of the, the girls there and Buzz Lightyear actually stepped on Sarah's foot and with that big clod you know like like that large boot that he had on and she started to cry so I put my bag and my camera down and I ran over to get Sarah because she was in pain now that that Buzz Lightyear stepped on her foot <laughs> um, I picked her up and you know and I kind of comforted her a little bit and then as I went to go walk away I just kind of scooped up my bag and started to walk with her over towards Laura and I left the camera on on maybe a flower pot somewhere or whatever it was and we kept going on throughout the day and then I says oh my god I forgot the camera I, I don't have it on me I must have left it after I took a picture of you know with uh, Sarah with Buzz Lightyear and uh, luckily Sarah's foot was good but um, I went back to that area to see if maybe it happened to still be laying there whatever the case was <laughs> and I grabbed the cast member and I think there was a building over by this was now this was pre the Fantasyland expansion so there was Pete's um, repair shop over there that that, that uh, Pete's garage was over there there was a small little building over there and that's where the lost and found was and I walked in there and they says can you describe the camera and I said yeah it's blue and gray and if you look through the last couple of pictures there should be a picture of my daughter with Buzz Lightyear I said that was probably the last picture that I took because you can scroll through and look through and sure enough there it was Sarah standing next to Buzz Lightyear smiling before she got her foot stepped on and um, so yeah so I was able to get my retrieve my camera back so that's pretty much the biggest thing that I lost there uh, Sammy lost a lanyard there one time I've told that story on the podcast before but um, but yeah the, the thing that I lost the most was was the uh, the camera Amazing. Uh, I love the way you uh, I love the way you describe how we figured out how to verify that it was yours. Uh, touching base on something that um, that Dan mentioned uh, a few moments ago. Um, if you do wind up going to a ride and you need to and if you've lost your cell phone and we picked it up out of a pocket or it was dropped and it got handed in and uh, we've got it for you and you come rushing in and you're like oh my my cell phone will uh, we'll be like hey can you describe it and people can usually tell us what their case is and all of that and we'll get it for them and we'll say hey before we let you take it can you unlock it for us and nine and a half times out of ten, they show their face and the phone goes click. And we're like, thank you so much. Excellent. Or they type the code in, if you know the uh, the, the lock screen code. Um, but we want you to unlock it right there in front of us. It's this great little security thing where if you can unlock the phone, it's yours. <laughs> Katie does. Katie drives me nuts. Katie, on her phone, her password's all zeros. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, literally, like... What's the point? You know, like, it's, it's a purpose to, if you lose it for no one to be able to get in your phone. And Katie's like, but it's easier. I'm like, I understand. Dave, yours is that too? I just, I can't, I can't. Mike's is too? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why have a password? No, mine is not. No, oh mine goodness. is not. I'm joking. So I, I have, I have, to, I never had a password <laughs> on my phone before, but because, because, with the, with my job, they make you password encrypt your phone for the emails because I can't, you know, there's obviously sensitive information in my emails. So if you want to have your email on your phone, it has to be password encrypt. So you're the, you, you guys are the worst. Wait, so you pick then the <laughs> easiest code possible? <laughs> 
Well, nobody will figure it out then, because it's literally we'll the figure first. Out. It's code the first thing everyone tries. tries. Um, and with this with this episode the way it is, Dan texted us. I lost my audio, and I texted <laughs> back. You should fill out a report, and we'll mail it back to you. Um, but he is back and going now. Uh, Dan, you kind of chatted a little bit about it earlier, but things you've lost in the parks. Anything else? Yeah, I mean that was it. I mean we Jen and I have tried to lose the boys. I mean we've we've let them loose in Epcot while Jen and I kind of walked around World Showcase. Uh, I don't know. I think the boys were, I think Owen was at least 14 or 15 years old at the time. Uh, but uh, unfortunately they found their way back to us. So we were good there. So, I mean, but you did mention like, uh, I know Mike mentioned with Laura, you know, not knowing where to go in the parks. Jen is actually talking about going down to Disney in June because she's going to go down with her sister. And I think she's going to bring Emmett. They're going to go visit her family down in Florida. And then she wanted to go to Disney for a couple of days. And there is no doubt in my mind that she is going to have no idea where to go in the parks to, to, to navigate the parks. And then she's not even going to know how to do everything, like Genie Plus, stuff like that. She's going to be completely lost when she goes down there in June. Well, you know, at least Dave's there to find her if, if something goes wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, Dave, dude, big question. You ever lost anything in the parks? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I got a couple real quick. Um, Christmas day just gone. Um, I was on tour and it was a little chilly. It was actually kind of brisk. And I had a late tour going into the evening. And by the time we got into the evening, it was like in the 40s, like, um, which for Florida is quite chilly. And so we've got a couple of different clothing options um, when it gets colder. And one of the things I have is a large dark blue coat that I can wear. It kind of looks a little bit like a trench coat. Um, it's not a full-on trench coat per se, but it looks a little like one. Um, and so I was actually wearing that. And um, and because of the length of it, it meant I couldn't access all of my credentials and my work iPhone. And so I took my iPhone from where it normally clips on my belt and I had it in the pocket of a trench coat and I rode Guardians of the Galaxy. And apparently, as I went round a corner, it slid, the clip and all slid straight out of the trench coat pocket, flew off into the middle of the ride. All right. And I probably realized this about another 20 or so minutes later, we were headed to the next ride where I use it again. It's part of how I access the attractions. And I went, where's my work phone? I don't have my work phone. And I looked at a cast member. I went, I promise you I'm a tour guide. I just need to walk into this ride. I'll figure out where my phone is later. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we know who you are, Dave. Come on in. Anyway. So <laughs> while I was in that ride, I, um, I found another tour guide and I said, I need to borrow your work phone. And so I borrowed it and I called Guardians uh, and I was like, look, it's the last ride I was on. It's the last place I used it. I think my work phone is there. Um, and I knew the coordinator that I was talking to and I said, hey, can I give you my uh, personal cell and if you track it down, let me know. And anyway... They call me a little bit later, probably three hours later, the park is closing, and they're like, we found your cell, Dave. It should have shut down the ride. The ride has, like, sensor pads around it, and if something lands on it with enough force, like, it should trip a safety thing and shut down the ride. And apparently it might have bounced onto this mat or something, it didn't shut down the ride while you were on there. Like, it, like... And the, they were so surprised. They showed me a photo of, of where it landed, and I looked at it, and I went, yeah, 
should have shut down the ride. That's exactly how that should have worked. Um, and so, um, and so this coordinator that works there still has not let me live it down. We're now six months later coming up and she will, I'll be walking into her attraction and she'll be like, you got your phone, Dave? And I'm like, yes, I've got my phone. Like, I realize I nearly, like, ruined Guardians on Christmas Day <laughs> last year, but it's fine. No big deal. It's fine. Um, trying to think what else. I've lost my personal cell phone a couple of times. Dropped out of, like, the back of a seat in Muppets, and I had to... There's, like, two or three times where I've messaged my wife and been like, Hey, can you go in to find my location and from my, um, and from my work phone, can you tell me where my personal cell is? Um, so, um, so that, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we always lose things. I know I'm responsible for a bunch of those, um, sunglasses that have gone missing over time. Um, a bunch of them have gone missing and I have definitely lost some sunglasses, but I mean, it is what it is. So, um, sometimes I get them back. Sometimes I don't. And I try not to stress too much about them. Lots of things go missing. You know, we talked about a lot of things that end up missing, whether it be a cell phone, whether it be a hat, whether it be a wallet. But the one thing you don't want to lose is your camera, because if you want to be on vacation, take some fantastic pictures and post them on our DDP Today Facebook page. We have an amazing Facebook group that posts some amazing pictures and brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Dave, it's been a few weeks since we've seen you, so why don't you give me your pick of the week? Yeah, um, Chris Lear posted a bunch of photos. Apparently he was down in uh, the Orlando-Tampa area moving children, um, and I assume they had to relocate their premises of some description, um, but they managed to get some park time in and um, had some... Oh, I think, yes, they were... No, I think... Savannah oh, from yeah. her DC... Yes, her DCP housing. Uh, so her college program had come to an end um, and was moving that. Um, got some park time in with the kids and just some really great photos. Uh, I think they've got all the icons represented there. Um, and just having an absolute ball uh, in Walt Disney World um, with, the, with their adult children. So um, some great photos and definitely worthy of some picks of the week. Very good. Joe, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week goes to Ankur Agarwal, our good friend Ankur, and he posted a picture of his uh, wife, Amy, who just received her new tattoo. Uh, It's uh, 26.2. It's because she completed her first marathon. And what makes this tattoo special is that the 26.2 is in the Disney-style font, uh, and the point is in the shape of a uh, hidden Mickey. And uh, I think it's really cool uh, for those who haven't run a marathon. I think it's like 1% of the world has run marathons. Yeah. So it's a huge accomplishment. Uh, congratulations to her. That'll be a constant reminder of all of the hard work and training that she put into it. And it's an amazing experience. And I've been blessed to run, you know, eight of them already. They're each, they're each amazing. And for anybody who completes their first, we always remember our first. It's an awesome experience. So congratulations to Amy again and all of our DDP Sorcerer families for whatever races that they complete. Uh, it's about the journey. It's about getting out there and doing it. And that's awesome. And for that, Anker gets my pick of the week. Very cool. Great pick. Dan, what's uh, your pick of the week? My pick of the week is going to go to our buddy, John Castano. Uh, he says, I swear I do not have a problem. Uh, he went out and bought himself a couple of different Lego sets. He's got the Mickey Celebration train. Uh, and then also uh, really cool is the the up house uh, with the balloons. 
Uh, that one looks really cool. Thankfully, I can say that I've, I have not gotten into Legos, and I'm very thankful that my boys never got into Legos because, man, those things are friggin' expensive. I don't know how much those two sets cost, but <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind that that cost a pretty penny. But either way, really cool, and that is definitely my pick of the week. It's always got to come back to me. It's always. Oh, my God. It's penny. Dan, I am Pincher. with you, though. Those, they are expensive. They're really they are. expensive. Uh, Dan, uh, it's, it's Lego. It's like Lego, not Legos. Just seeing that. Well, that, I don't. Correct. My God. You're allowed to say bricks. Yeah, bricks. Um, but it's Lego. But you, it's, not leg, it's not Legos. It's the plural of Lego is Lego. Yeah, Lego. Great. Sure. Uh, Justin, yeah. which uh, I tell you what, um, it was easy for me to Nerd. let go some of these other picks <laughs> because I had an easy oh, one to get, and that is Jonah Havens. I uh, said, hanging out with Donald on our anniversary trip, the first pick of many. We came to Disney in 2020 on our honeymoon, and we fell in love with it, so it's our yearly anniversary trip now. I absolutely love it. Awesome pictures. Keep those pictures coming. We love seeing it. And uh, that's the coolest part about this family is being able to see you guys each and every week exploring Disney either in the parks or at home. Very cool. Uh, my pick of the week is going to kind of tie into last week. We were talking about the Mount Rushmore of Disney snacks, and one of the ones we talked about was the turkey leg. Uh, and Charmaine Elizabeth says, everyone gets photos at the Sir Mickey's after their bippity-boppity-boutique appointment, but no one ever talks about the after-appointment the, uh, after turkey leg. And she didn't get a drop on her dress. Eating that turkey leg like a champ, and Charmaine, you have my Absolutely pick of the week. Absolutely love it. Amazing picks of the week this week. Uh, guys, lots of stuff going on with DDP family. So exciting. Of course, coming up in a little over two months, we've got the DDP Today Disneyland family vacation out in Anaheim in Disneyland July 13th through 17th. It is not too late to join us out there. There's still availability, so get a hold of a show at awaythemetravel.com. So many amazing families coming there now. If you are coming on that trip or you're interested or you just want to follow along, go over and join our DDP Today Disneyland family vacation Facebook page over there. That is where all the updates are for this upcoming trip as we lead into the amazing planning going on. Also, some really, really fun stuff over at the Universal show, Universal Unleashed. Dan and I are over there uh, chatting away about Universal. We, of course, have our Universal Unleashed Nights of Fear for 2023 event coming up September the 13th through the 17th. And uh, we've got some amazing stuff. Hallow Scream, uh, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, and some time in the park together. This is an adult event, 18 and over, so we cannot wait to see you there. Get a hold of us again. Show it away with me, travel.com. Last but not least, couple amazing shows you got to check out. The Away With Me Travel podcast is back, relaunched, um, where we uh, just recorded a new show. It is out. Check it out right now. You can find it everywhere that you find your podcast, Away With Me Travel show, and we talk about everything travel around the world. Um, really, really fun shows there. The first show is just kind of an introduction to us and uh, and the show and, and you know Dan and Jamie and myself. And then the second show coming out, which is really, really going to be fun, we're going to talk about some of the shows the tv shows that have inspired us to travel around the world um which we're excited to chat about there and last but not least of course kevin and pete over two men in the mouse go check them out our brand new addition to the ydf media family over there guys this was fun uh chatting about if you lose something because look it happens it happens to everybody no matter how organized you are you lose things sometimes whenever you're in the disney parks and uh, you should know how to handle that situation so you have the best opportunity to get your item or child back um, if you want them back. Um, so with that said, let's close this up. We're going to head over to the patron side, and we're going to chat a little bit of the amazing Disney news that was announced as far as um, park reservations going away, Disney Dining Plan coming back, 
And then we've got some fun stuff to talk about with some to-go menus at some of our favorite restaurants at Walt Disney World. So we're going to chat about it on the other side. If you're not a member of the patron family, click that link below. It's a little $2 a month. You can join us over on that side as well. So let's close it up here. Joe, start with you, buddy. So it's funny that the uh, title or the theme of tonight's show is losing as my team got the crap kicked out of me. Sorry, tonight. buddy. I'm sorry. Uh, so congratulations. <laughs> but what I'm going to take from this is I'm going to take this loss like a man, and we're going to regroup and try for uh, – you know, uh, game five, I guess, or game six. So uh, with that, you know, it was fun. I'm glad the whole crew was back together, back together tonight. No, it doesn't happen. Everybody's schedules are so crazy. Uh, I'm glad that the, you know, the hazmat situation allowed Dan to be here. Uh, so that's great uh, that it all worked out. So uh, looking forward to Patreon. So stand by. You guys are on deck. If you want, you can have the New Jersey Devils um, fill out a form online, and they'll try to uh, recoup this loss uh, within the next three to five business days. Uh, they'll mail them back this this loss to their house. Let's move around. Dan, closing words. No, I had a good time tonight. Uh, you know, and now you've probably jinxed us because on the DDP trip to uh, Disneyland, someone's probably going to lose something really big on the trip now, and you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But I know I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we were talking, you know, the DDP trip today. You and I, we were talking HHN trip in September. So I'm getting really psyched up for it. I cannot wait. Uh, yeah, let's go to Patreon. Come hang out, man. It's going to be so much fun hanging out with the uh, with the DDP host and the families and all the great people that are coming out there. So come to Disneyland. Come to the Universe Only Nights of Fear event. We're going to have a blast. Mike, you are doing both of those things coming up. Uh, excited for it. I'm very excited. I've been doing the HHN the last couple of years. You've kind of turned me on to that, and it's been a blast every single time. Um, it's nice having a little bit of adult time, too, to just kind of, you know, have our, our fun and, uh, you know, going through some of the houses with our with our buddies is, is definitely fun. Uh, some, of our, some of us are a little more animated than others, which makes it even more fun. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And uh, Laura, the girls and I were just talking about our California trip. So it's uh, right down the pike. It's coming up soon. Um, I have a next couple of busy weeks for me, so it's going to be um, – I'm going to make the show as much as I can – uh, bike week starts here in Myrtle Beach on Friday, so uh, it's going to be rough and tough for the next couple of weeks in this uh, neighborhood, and it's going to be quite busy for the law enforcement people down here and for all of my friends that are coming from all over the state to come work at Myrtle Beach for the next couple of weeks. I uh, hope you have a safe tour. It should be good, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all As of you guys As someone who used to bartend at Myrtle Beach, I know that week very, very well. Um, Dave, thank you so much for losing your child and inspiring tonight's show. Closing words. <laughs> um, I mentioned uh i got home from work and i took a shower and i was getting ready and uh, i was like oh i'm recording this evening and melanie was like oh what are you talking about i went we're we're gonna talk about (laughs) losing children in theme parks (laughs) and water parks and she goes i was telling my friends as i got off that phone call in nassau about what happened and all of them looked at me and went he did what? Um, so I'd like to apologize and just know that, like, I already had her back safe and sound before before there was ever a, a – like, I was with her less than two minutes after that phone call was made. So it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everybody's fine. It was a great learning opportunity. We had a really great uh, constructive conversation about how when dad gives you instructions on where you need to be, you need to stay right there and do exactly as you're told. So, see, it was a learning opportunity for everyone. (laughs) I feel I learned. I I think we all learned something here. That's for sure. (laughs) Uh, Well, DDP family, I, I tell you this. 
We want to hear your stories. We want to hear about if you've ever lost anything in the Disney parks, if you've ever lost a child in the Disney parks, uh, if you've ever... Yeah, if you could make me feel better would be really Yeah, just great. anything like, you post that's going to make um, Dave feel a little bit better about himself is... Uh, feel better. Feel free to tag Melanie in the post <laughs> so that she gets to see. She's a member of the Facebook group. Um, tag Melanie Griffiths so that she's able to see... Um, all the different things that, and other people who have also been through this and that it, this is not an unusual situation uh, and everybody turned out safe and sound. 100%. If we could help her out. Uh, DDP family, thank you for everything. We appreciate you. We love you so much. We hope you have an amazing week. Make someone smile. Make yourself smile. And until next time, we will see you real soon. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good night. Have a good night. Cheers. See you guys. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. And that's a wrap. <laughs>